Welcome to Kings River Life's Mystery Rats Maze podcast, where we share with you mystery short stories and first chapters of mystery novels, read by actors from the San Joaquin Valley. Now, this episode features the mystery short story, Fig Newtons and Heavy Bags, written by mystery author Earl Staggs and read by local actor Donna Beavers. Fig Newtons and Heavy Bags was published in the short story collection, Short Stories of Earl Staggs. Mildred, come open the door. Startled by her sister's voice, Mildred Hathaway tossed her half-eaten Twinkie on the coffee table and clicked off the television. Come in, Agatha. Being a portly woman, a term she and her equally portly sister much preferred to plump or stout, it took a moment or two of scooting and squirming for Mildred to work her way up from the sofa. Once up, she scurried to the kitchen as fast as her 67-year-old legs would carry her. I'm coming, Agatha, she sang out as she sidestepped through the narrow space between the dinette table and the kitchen counters of their small bungalow. Just wait till you hear what happened while you were gone. Mildred anxiously undid the safety chain, then the deadbolt, and finally the handle lock on the back door and flung it open. Her sister, older by two years, although people often mistook them for identical twins, stood there, barely visible behind two armloads of plastic grocery bags. Oh, Agatha, come on in. Just wait till you hear. From behind the bags, Agatha's harsh voice bellowed. Can you help me with these, Mildred? My arms are about to drop off. Oh, all right, Mildred mumbled. She pried a bag from Agatha's left hand, took it to the table, and plopped it there. But just wait till you hear what happened. You won't believe who was here today. Still in the doorway, Agatha said, Mildred, take more than one. Oh, okay. Mildred shuffled back to the door. Um, which one should I take? Just take two, for Pete's sake. I don't care which ones. Well, you don't have to yell. Mildred hefted one bag out of each of her sister's arms and carried them to the counter. Even though they looked very much alike, wore the same size clothes, and kept their silver-gray hair in the same short, easy-to-manage hairstyle, their voices were completely different. Agatha had the loud, gruff one. Mildred's voice had once been compared to the little girl voice of Shirley Temple. Okay now, she said, turning back to face her sister once again and with renewed enthusiasm. Hurry and sit down, Agatha. I have so much to tell you. Mildred settled into a chair at the table, fairly bursting with her news. You won't believe it. What I don't believe is why I had to take my own bags out to the car. I'm changing supermarkets, you hear me? You'd think young people today would help an old lady with her bags, but no. They just stand there popping gum and twirling their green and purple hair. The police came here today, Agatha. Two of them. And I had to push the cart out to the car all by... The police? Agatha stopped lining up bags on the counter and turned to face her sister. What about the police? They were here today. Sit down and I'll tell you all about it. Did you remember to get my Fig Newtons? Agatha glared at Mildred. No, I did not get your Fig Newtons. Mildred pouted. But I told you I was out of Fig Newtons. You know how much I love my Fig Newtons. Yes, Mildred, I know how much you love Fig Newtons. I also know they weren't on sale this week. 
And I also know our social security checks won't come until next week. Now, what about the police? I have to sit down for a minute. My feet are killing me. Mildred brightened again. She waited until her sister settled into the chair across the table from her. Well, they came right after you left. Two of them. One was an older man, not real old, maybe 55. And the other one was a young girl. She didn't look any more than 30. And she didn't look too bright to me. You know that female doctor on General Hospital, the dark-haired one who's sleeping with Mark? She looked like her, only she was... Agatha wearily waved a hand back and forth. Mildred, I don't care what she looked like. And General Hospital is your show, not mine. What did they want? Agatha reached into the grocery bag Mildred had placed on the table and lifted out a loaf of bread. I knew it. Squashed. If those hip-hop groupies stop sniffing drugs and listening to their loud music, they might learn how to pack a bag of groceries. She held the loaf up for Mildred to see. That's it. I'm switching stores. Oh, I hate when they do that. You should take it back. Anyway, they're going all over the neighborhood asking about that woman who came around last week and tried to sign everybody in the neighborhood up for cable television. You'll remember. I wish we could afford cable, Agatha. We could get so a lot more channels. Agatha turned toward Mildred and tilted her head down, peering over her bifocals for emphasis. We can't afford cable, Mildred. Maybe if you didn't eat so many Fig Newtons, we could. Or if we spent our Myrtle Beach money, we could. Mildred stiffened. Heavens, no, I wouldn't give up our vacation at the beach for anything, not even for cable. I didn't think so, Agatha said triumphantly. What did they say? Well, they said she's officially a missing person now, and they know this was the last neighborhood she was in because she called her manager from this area and said she was going to go to all the houses. Did you know a person isn't considered missing until after they've been gone 48 hours? I didn't know that. Agatha sighed. I knew that, and if you watched Law and Order instead of those stupid talk shows, you'd know it too. Go on. What else did they say? They said they're trying to find all the places where she talked to people and trying to find out what happened to her. Agatha stared at the loaf of bread for another second, then returned it to the bag she'd taken it out of. I'm taking this back to the store and telling the manager. They asked me if she was here, and I said yes. And they asked me what time she got here and what time she left, and if she said anything about where she was going next, and a lot of other questions. They were here almost an hour. I missed Jerry Springer because they were here, and he had a whole show about prostitutes raising their own children and how tough it is on them. I wanted to see that show. Darn it, Mildred, stop jabbering about Jerry Springer. You'll catch it on rerun. I told them we couldn't afford cable, and she left. They were nice, though, especially the man. He was very nice. The woman didn't say much. I guess she's just learning, a rookie or something. She didn't say much at all. Oh, they also asked about that telephone repairman who disappeared two months ago and that vacuum cleaner salesman before that. You'll remember him, the one with that awful toupee. I remember. It looked like a dead cat on his head. Agatha used the table for support and hoisted herself up. But I don't want to talk about all that. I'm glad I wasn't here. Cops can be a pain in the you-know-what. 
You don't have to answer their questions if you don't want to, you know. If you watch Law & Order, you'd know that. Anyway, I have to put these groceries away. Then I'm going to soak my feet for the rest of the day. Mildred watched her sister begin taking cans and boxes out of the bags. She got up and went to the counter to help. After a minute, she said, Agatha, know what I was thinking? No, Mildred, I never know what you're thinking. Agatha pulled a stool over to the counter and grunted as she climbed the two steps and opened a cabinet door. Give me a hand up here. Canned goods first. Okay, here you go. Oh, you got more tuna fish. Good, we were out of it. I was thinking we should help the police in their investigation. Why in the blazes would we do that? Mildred withered under her sister's look. Oh, well... I was just thinking we could tell them some of the things we know about the neighbors and give them some leads to follow. And just what would we tell them, Mildred? Maybe you snoop on the neighbors, but I don't. I mind my own business. You didn't tell me we were out of peanut butter. Why didn't you tell me we were out of peanut butter? I'm sorry, I thought I told you. We could tell them about Mr. Wilson and those big heavy bags he drags out to the curb every week on trash day. And we could tell them about the man who's been coming to see Wilma Thompson almost every day for the last two months. They might want to look into that. Oh, you got the heavy duty trash bags for us this time. I'm glad. Those other ones tear so easy. Agatha neatly stacked four cans of tuna on a shelf. Yes, I got the heavy duty bags. I'm tired of hearing you complain about the other ones tearing. And for your information, Mr. Wilson is trimming the shrubbery in his backyard. That's what's in his bags. And the man coming to see Wilma is her physical therapist. And he only comes on Tuesdays and Thursdays. She fell and injured her back, if you recall. Okay, but I just thought the police would want to check out things like that. I was also thinking we could get out in the evenings and walk around the neighborhood. Maybe we could spot some other things they could look into. We could be like that Jennifer Fletcher and Miss Marple. Agatha snorted. It's Jessica, not Jennifer. I meant Jessica. Still, it could be fun and interesting. It would be good exercise, too. Dr. Johansson said we should get more exercise, and walking is good exercise, it would be good for us. Hmm. I get plenty of exercise already. I'm the one who goes to the store every two weeks, remember? Hand me the peas. Here. You'd know I'd go to the store if I could. If it wasn't for my arthritis, I'd go. Your arthritis is no worse than mine. And there should be another can of peas. Mildred rooted in a bag for the other can. Here it is. And mine is too worse than yours. Daddy always said I was the sickly one. I know what Daddy always said, Mildred. Now hand me the cereal and I'll be done up here. I can't wait to get my feet in a bucket of Epsom salts. Mildred handed the boxes of cereal to her sister, then returned to her seat at the table and pouted again. I just thought it would be a good idea. We could get our legs in shape for the beach. You know how you love to walk along the beach at night. Remember that time we found the live starfish? Was that three years ago or four? I forget. Four. Taking a firm grip on the counter edge, Agatha carefully backed down the step stool. 
You know, Mildred, now that I think about it, maybe you're right. Agatha eased herself onto a chair at the table and took off one of her tennis shoes. Ah, that feels good. Maybe it would be a good idea to get out and walk around. She pulled off her other shoe and examined it closely. I'll need to get a new pair of walking shoes, though. These are about shot, and I was hoping they'd hold out till our trip. Besides, we should do something to keep the police busy. We don't want them coming back here again. Mildred snickered. Oh, heavens no, we don't want them coming here again. How much longer do you think it will be before we can go, Agatha? Oh, I hope that little fudge shop is still there. They had the best pistachio fudge in the world. How much longer do you think? It's been almost a whole year since our last trip. Agatha dropped the shoe to the floor beside its mate and wagged her head. The way things are going, it might be another year if someone doesn't come around with some real money. But that vacuum cleaner salesman's watch was a Rolex, he said. They're worth a lot of money. Agatha gave her younger sister a tight smirk. Ha! Rolex, my butt. It was a cheap phony just like him. And that twit of a cable woman only had $26.80 in her purse. Is that all, Mildred said sadly. Well, we'll just have to keep the police busy and get some exercise for ourselves until the right person comes along. We can't have them coming here again. They might want to poke around in the basement next time. Agatha stopped wiggling her toes inside her thick wool socks and glanced over at Mildred with raised eyebrows. You did put the floorboards back, didn't you? Of course I did. I always put the floorboards back and I rolled the rug back over it, like always. Good. Agatha leaned forward and massaged her calves. Oh, that feels so good. I hope we have some Bengay left. Agatha, Mildred said with a thoughtful expression, you don't think the basement will start to smell, do you? We have the dirt over them and the floorboards and the rug, but do you think the smell will ever come through? Agatha groaned as she pushed herself up from her chair. My back is killing me. I may need the heating pad. No, Mildred, that's why we put the parts in the trash bags with the lye, so the smell won't come through. Now, would you mind putting the rest of the groceries away? I'm going to go fix my foot bath. Sure, Agatha, I'll finish up. But I still wish you'd gotten my Fig Newtons. You know how much I love my Fig Newtons. Fit Newtons and Heavy Bags was produced by Kings River Life. You can learn more about Earl Staggs and his writing on his website, earlwstaggs.wordpress.com. Our theme song, The Blues, was written and played by Kevin Membley. Check out Kings River Life Magazine's websites for more mystery, local theater, animal rescue, and so much more. KingsRiverLife.com and KRLNews.com We'll be back next time with another mystery short story or mystery first chapter. Subscribe to our podcast to make sure you don't miss a single episode. And follow us on Twitter to keep up with everything KRL at Kings River Life. If you enjoy this episode, please rate or review it, as this helps make us easier to find for others. Until next time, this is your announcer, Jim Tuck, 
wishing you a life full of mystery.